Graham Roundtree has been announced as uh, the new coach of Munster Rugby. That was such a big momentum changer for me. The Red 78 with Alan Quillen and Neve Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Right, we are turning our attention back to Manchester City for Real Madrid 3 in the first leg of the Champions League semi-final. Delighted to welcome Mark Lawrenson to the show. Morning, Mark. Good morning. How are we after that last night? Oh, pretty good. Uh, Pep Guardiola says he's pretty good as well. He says, no complaints about the results, the performance, anything. I'm so proud of the way we perform in front of the world. We did everything to win and with courage, with the ball, without the ball. Do you think he's really that happy? Do you think he's going to wake up this morning with a, with a few regrets? More than a few, potentially? Yeah. Yeah, he'll have a few regrets. I mean, you know, certainly at 4-2, if he could have closed the game off then, um, that would have been, obviously, the two-goal cushion would have been would have been massive. I think it was just one of those games. You get them occasionally, don't you? I mean, Madrid can only ever play that way, and I suppose in, in, in different reasons as well. City can be a bit like that, where they're always going forward. But um, he won't be happy about the goals that they conceded, but... You've got a one-goal lead and, and probably if you'd said to him you get a one-goal lead from the first leg, he would have taken it. Did Manchester City in certain moments underperform defensively? Did they have to eye off the ball? Was it the anxiety of the occasion? Or or what, what do you put that down to, conceding three goals? Um, probably that Benzema frightens them to death like mm. everybody. Um, and, the, and they were probably, and you know, you're just on the edge that little bit. I mean, City aren't City aren't that great defensively. And before everyone starts shouting at me, it's it's because generally all the games that they play, nearly all the games that they play, they've they've got seventy percent possession. So they've always got the ball. The opposition never have it. But you know, even we saw the goal at, at Watford scored against them at the weekend. It's just just that the way the way that they are and against Madrid, Madrid are always going to make chances because again they're a team who just. The, the whole ethos is, you know, entertaining football, going forward, scoring goals. And they've had an outstanding uh, season as well in the league, in La Liga. I think do they only need a point now and they clinch the title. Um, but in Benzema, they've got a player that's in an incredible run of form. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely frightening. And I mean, the old Penenka was just, it was like, it, that was, the, the game was wow. And that was like, oh my God, what has he just done? It does seem that there's like this vein of ice cool attitudes throughout this entire Real Madrid squad from Benzema in that moment to Modric in midfield mm. to Ancelotti even on the sideline. Like it, it, like, how hard is it to be able to produce that level of calmness in those big, big nights where any ordinary human being, despite how talented they might be, would ordinarily crumble or, or do the rash thing? Well, I think, but the thing is just talent, isn't it? It's absolute talent and um, and if you think about the Benzema thing as well he missed two penalties that weekend didn't yeah. he yeah so so you, you can imagine and apparently I saw something uh, Ancelotti was saying that he'd, he'd practice or something the day before or I don't know a couple of days before and he'd made his mind up that if they got a pen that he was going to take a penenka which when you think about it is like mad because the way the game was going, surely, surely as he's running up, he's, he's, he's thinking to himself, he's like, well, should I still do it? Because if I, if I fail and it just, the goalkeeper stands still and it like, it, it, it just goes into his arms. It's like, I'm going to look an absolute fool. But um, fair play to him. But, you know, that's the thing. I think, you know, that, that run of form, he just probably thinks at the moment he can do anything. Um, although obviously at the weekend he couldn't because he missed two pens so it's it's mad isn't it what they're doing at their age as well Oro like I mean um, the pace of the game for Benzema and Modric to be able to perform mm. at this level I, I just can't get my head around it 
no, can I, can I say something about that, which I think is uh, players, players are playing much older now. I think, you know, because you look at Ronaldo and those, and those kind of guys, just, just the way that they train, um, the diet, uh, you know, as I say, what, everything they eat, the way they look after themselves, a lot of them don't drink anymore, all those kind of things. And what it's doing is it's extending people's contracts. So when you used to look at a player who's 31, 32, you think, oh, his legs are about to go. That seems to be about thirty-five now, and and I think that's that's a difference. And I think you know that like the Modric's and and the Benzema, they are very much the hub of that side as well. And you might say that the team's built around them. Well, it is, isn't it? So, and um, what you will have is that that people because they're such good players. If you're playing alongside Modric, you don't mind if you're charging around trying to close people down because the bottom line, both with Modric and Benzema, is. They win your games, and they win your games at the very highest level. Generally, I think I think Salah is the interesting one there. Like, how long can he? And in terms of his contractual situation, how long does Klopp think that he's going to be able to be good enough to play for Liverpool? And how long will his legs withstand the ridiculous, ridiculous schedule that he's had over the last few years and be the player that, like, I don't know, he's, at this stage this season, he's been like peak Salah. I think, like, how long, Laurel does? Salah have to be the player that he is at the moment. I would think he's got at least at least a couple more years, mm. at least. Um, so, but the, you see, you know, what I say about the diet, now, they're so they're so well looked after these lads, and um, yes, yes, they train extremely hard, but they train extremely hard at the start of the season. He has sometimes when he takes them away to, I think he takes them away to the mountains in Austria or somewhere, Klopp, and they do triple sessions. And apparently it's like, you know, get get on with it. And that that the whole thing about triple session is that's that's the thing that gets you ready for not just the start of the season, but all of all of the season. And you know, there's one thing about it as well. Sometimes you do feel like you you're super fit and you and you can do it do everything. But as I say, I think, you know, um 31, 32, I just don't think it's an issue anymore. I mean his his contract's still an issue. Um, it, it looks like it's stalemate at the moment, and um, I think that's over money. I don't think it's over anything else. So not, it's not over terms and conditions because he's been there long enough. So mm. whether whether that's sorted, I'm not sure. Like just on that point, it'll be really interesting to see the graph of Kevin De Bruyne now over the next little while because he's going to be 31 in the summer. And mm. if you take these last couple of months in isolation, mark the post Christmas. Kevin De Bruyne is the best version of Kevin De Bruyne we've seen in years, consistently speaking. Anyway, like he's been in and out of the team with unbelievable uh, runs of form over the last couple of seasons. But injuries have obviously hampered him a little bit. It seems right yeah. now he's operating at close to the peak De Bruyne. Yeah, oh, he's brilliant, and he sees things that mere mortals don't see on a football pitch. He's also strong, he's, he's a good finisher, and he has a free role in that team. And he's allowed, he's allowed breathers as well. I mean, that's the thing about it. If you, you're, you're a Pep Guardiola and you, he's your best player, he is the only player at Man City that you cannot replace, I believe. So you, you, will, give, you will give it, you'll cut him some slack occasionally. Uh, you might leave him out for, for the odd game. But also in a game, in, in games occasionally, you know, just, just have a little bit of a breather for 30 seconds and, and, and then go again. And it's clever management, you know, it's just, you know, make, make sure your best player is in the best form, the best uh, health and give him everything you possibly can to make him the outstanding player that he is. But also I think he's very, very honest. You can see that, can't you? And he, do, he doesn't mind a tackle, by the way. 
and uh, he'll, he'll put his foot in. But uh, he's, yeah, he's brilliant. But they can't replace him. They're, and we've seen that in a, in a couple of games where they've obviously struggled without him. Everybody would struggle without him, wouldn't they? If you are a kid, like, um, and we were all kids watching footballers when we were younger, you just look mm. at him and you're like, this is what I want to be. Yeah. Yeah, and then and what it is, is then you go in your garden, don't you, and try and replicate what, what, what he, he does and stuff. Yeah, it's just, look, it's just absolutely brilliant. But, I mean, they've got lots. They've got lots of players. Uh, Foden, for, for instance, look, you know, Silva, the way he's been playing, and all, all, all those kind of players. But, yeah, he... Last night, going back to last night's game, I mean, they should just package that and send it around the world. And, mm. I mean, the Premier League is the best league in the world. Liverpool and Man City are the two best club teams in the world without argument. Um, and, and long may it be so, but um, I don't think we'll be getting that tonight somehow at Anfield. Yeah, but this is the point though. Like, they are, like Manchester City, they are essentially the best team in the world at the moment. They need to win the Champions League. They need to win the Champions yeah. League and this yeah, is yeah. it. Yeah, they, they 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 would if they could do a deal with Liverpool, which was like you win the, you win the league and we win the Champions League. They would do, and mm. you know they're owned by a country and that and the, and the owners basically want to win the Champions League because that's the highest highest league they could possibly win, the most prestigious league they can possibly win, and obviously they're throwing a lot of money at it and everything. But uh, yeah, they they want to win the Champions League. No, no argument whatsoever. That's the thing as well. Like, okay, the, you can you can talk about the you know the ownership situation and the fact that it's a very unfair world. It's very unfair with football. Guardiola is not happy. He's not happy at all leaving this Man City role unless they win the Champions League. And you know that. Yeah. You can you can tell that last night, Laura, when they were two 0 up. And obviously we talked about Mares and the not squaring to Foden. He is mm. he's not he's just not happy unless they win the Champions League because he knows that for him is failure. Yeah, but also he's driven. So the thing you just talked about, the, the failure not to see it pass, that he hates it because he just wants, he's a perfectionist. And he, he doesn't want 9.75 out of 10, he wants 10 out of 10. And, and you get that with him. And um, I don't know if you saw, um, who, who was the former captain, centre-back, now at Anderlecht, his, his um, company. company, Vincent Company. Oh, yeah. did, did, you, did you hear, did you see his uh, interview at the weekend? No, I didn't and actually. He, he, Right, and he was just saying, he, he was just saying, you know, when you when you used to play for for Guardiola, and Guardiola, he said Guardiola would say to you, it it make you understand why you did what you did when you were playing, like not what you did at the time, but why why you, why this is the way that it. And he said he just completely opened company's mind up to something completely different. And he struggled for the first few years, you know, company at Manchester City, and they weren't a very good team, as we know. But he just said he's easily the best coach he's ever he's ever played under because he made him think about absolutely everything he did on the football pitch in a completely different way he's a genius um, and he's he also the way he's like he's effectively kind of um, making an evolution in the game where you can essentially play without a striker and you even see that now at League of Ireland level where clubs are like they, they, they think if we have enough possession or if we have enough kind of bodies in the middle that we, we can have enough pace that we don't need a, a front player and he's he yeah. is a genius yeah, but you've got to have some team not to have a front player. Yeah, like do, do you, like I mean, say if this team now wins the the Champions League this season, I notice this is very much not the the, the number one uh, element of all this, or it won't be the number one storyline. But it'll be very interesting mm. to see how they would utilize Erling Haaland next season if the reports would be to believe that he he does join well, Manchester City because that's a piece of the jigsaw you kind of have to use. I know Pep Guardiola is not a hostage to anybody, but you kind of have to play Haaland in your number nine position, which for me completely changes how they set up, especially in the context of last night. Yeah, 
yeah. And the other thing, if you really watch Haaland, he, he comes on to loads of stuff. There's a lot There's a lot of grass between him and the goal, generally, just the way that, that he plays in Germany. So, you know, it's a, it'll take a little bit of tweaking from uh, from Manchester City's point of view. But, um, look, you know, he's a, he's a top, top goal scorer and he's young and he's strong. And, and why wouldn't why wouldn't you utilise the fact that he's, he's, he's going to be an out... Well, he's already an outstanding striker, but he's going to be even better. And one thing about Guardiola is with, with all his players, and Klopp's been the same, is they've, he's improved all of them. Even if you think that, you know, he signed somebody who's a world-class player, he's made them better, and they both have. And basically, that's that's the secret of coaching, isn't it? If, if you get all these players in and they're already very good and you can make them, in many cases, world-class, then you're always going to win the majority of games and, and win trophies and leagues and cups and all sorts of things. This might be a weird question considering he was on the losing side last night or oversaw a defeat last night, but if we accept that Klopp and Pep are the number one and number two managers in the world and in a tier of their own in terms of managerial genius, where is this current version of Carlo Ancelotti? Yeah, well, I think he's so laid back now, isn't he? He's had, he's had so many jobs and um, I think he's one of those with, with, with being at Real Madrid. He knows it's nuts, that club. It's absolutely it's absolutely bonkers, but it is. But, it, but it's a nice bonkers, and he knows that if he haven't, if it lost four games in a in the in the league this year, four games straight, it would have gone. And, and he knows that kind of stuff. So there's, I just think he's one of those now. Whereas nothing surprises him. Um, he's going to play the players he wants to play the way he wants the team to play. And you just watch him on the touchline. He's very sanguine, isn't he? It's just he's not demonstrative or anything like that generally. And he knows he's got a good side. Um, what advice just, would he give to Frank Lampard, Laurel? What, what? What advice would he give to Frank Lampard at the moment? Would he give? Yeah. Well, he bailed out, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, get out. <laughs> he, he bailed out, so I'm, I'm guessing you know what advice he'd be giving. As soon as a better job comes along, take it. Um, Frank Lampard, I mean, the thing... thing with him is he's, he's just inherited a really, a really poor side, hasn't he? That, that, that's the major problem. They can't defend Everton, and um, you know they actually did well for an hour against Liverpool. I thought because and people are moaning around me saying, "Oh, you know the diving, they're doing this and the other." Well, they're trying to do everything so that Liverpool couldn't score and put them out of the stride because they knew if they'd gone to play Liverpool at football, they'd been beaten four or five. But um, I think Frank Lampard will be okay. I have a sneaking suspicion. I know they're in the bottom three. I just have a sneaking suspicion they might just stay up but it might be more to do with the teams below them and one above them rather than anything else so um, yeah well you can't give him advice on Chelsea because he cleared off didn't he yeah exactly probably the right decision I think he touched on a good point Ancelotti is like yeah okay whatever happens here you know I'm, I, I've am i seen enough yeah. I can kind of chill like yeah like the, the thing and do you know sorry boys did you know the other, other thing about him I met him he's an absolute top bloke He's the coolest looking dude. Did you see that photo of him in his suit the other day where he's like yeah. posing for the photo? Like, you know, if we're in our 60s and like, yeah, he's just... What, what about him made him such a top bloke? Well, he's just, he's just got, he's got like real wicked sense of humour and he's very, you know, whenever you, you talk to him, it's just like, look, you know, the, the waves wash over. He's just, he's just dead cool. And look, he's, he's had an absolutely fantastic career and... This probably might be his last job, although you never know with these fellas. And you, 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 you know, he's he doesn't get uppity about anything. It's just he's seen everything in life. He's seen everything in football. He was a top player as well himself. He's obviously got loads of money, 
loads of houses around the world, I would have thought. And, and you can just almost feel with him that when he finishes, he's just kind of like, well, lunch every day, big cigar, happy days, feet up. <laughs> Sounds like life. Until he gets the next job. Managing Real Madrid is easy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Until he gets the next job, definitely. Oh, I think I'll just go and do this one as well. They are 15 points clear at top of La Liga. Manchester City are not 15 points clear at the top of the Premier League. I know they're Mm. playing Leeds United this weekend. Like, it does seem the conversation we were having earlier on in the show very much points to, you know, don't worry, Manchester City are going to be fine next week. They're not fine really though, are they? This is is a hell of a battle next week, especially if they need to go hammer and tongs at that game at Elland Road. Well, it will be hammer and tongs, won't it? That's the only way Leeds know how to play. Um, the only thing about that is that that will suit City because Leeds are very open defensively, as we know. So even though they got a nil-nil at the weekend at Crystal Palace, but um, yeah, and everyone's looking at the fixtures, etc. But that's a great that's a great thing about the Premier League. And you know, people say it all the time there are no easy games, and people go, oh well, you know, like Liverpool won four, five, City once scored seven, all those kind of things, but. Going into them, they are they are really tough games, and I don't get this. And I've never I've never obviously played in La Liga or anything, but I've watched it. But I see I see some of the teams playing against the likes of, of Barca, obviously, and Atletico and Real Madrid, and I kind of think, you know what, that there are easy games sometimes, but not in the Premier League. In ter- in terms of the English game, right? So you look at like the the depth of the four divisions, and you see Bradford who are like stumbled along in the the middle of the table in the fourth tier of British football, mm. getting fifteen thousand at their games regularly. If you canvass the non-Man City fan last night going into the game in the Bernabeu, the English football fan, how many of them want Man City to win? How many of them want Real Madrid to win that second leg? Oh, I, th- I think most English people want City to win, would they not? I'm not sure. The, the, like, oh, right, okay. In terms of the soul of English football and what they represent... And and most most you know a lot of obviously a lot of football fans are not following the Premier League. They're following their their local team and their their following yeah. teams. And I I am interested. Like I I don't I don't follow. Like I'm not going to games regularly. But like, do well, they want Man City to achieve this or do they probably not? for Foden yeah. and Stones and the English players? Mm. Yeah. Well, let's put it a different way. I mean, so so just say City get in the final and and you know just say it wasn't it wasn't against Liverpool against Spanish team whatever. City get in the final generally, English people will want. City to win, and I think you know, regardless whoever, whichever team you, you support, you would want you would want the English team to win because it's it's fantastic for the game, isn't it? And I did there's something Premier- about the Real Madrid side though, Laura, where you just well, want, you, you you want them you want them to do this. Like I mean, the situations they've come up, they've overcome yeah. in this campaign. Like I think I think there was. I'm I'm not. I think that's gone off a little bit. I, I get your point totally, but I think I think you know in Ronaldo's day, with, and I'll, remember like all the superstars that they had. Listen, we talk about the other week City played Liverpool, biggest game in the world in club football. It was a little bit like watching all those years ago El Clasico, because you know Madrid and Barcelona. But those two teams are on the wane, even even though the way that City, the way that Madrid played last night, they've they've been on the wane in comparison to the to the way that they were. And I think in this football. Is better, but they're still a great watch, aren't they? They're a fantastic watch. Well, can I just ask Mark then? Obviously, we've already made a point that Liverpool matches the City are the two best teams in the world. Mm. Would there be a greater sense of anxiety from a Liverpool perspective if they get through the Villarreal clash about facing Real Madrid in the final? And by extension, is there actually a chance that Real Madrid are a bit more of a banana skin in the final for, for Liverpool if it is them? No. 
No. Okay. Okay. Clearly not. They're, they're an inferior side. Like, I know they're an inferior yeah. side, as, as I've already you, you said. Can't, you can't, you can't, yeah. it's that, like, that, like, not at all. Like, Man City are... Were they the best team in Europe and they won three uh, Champions League titles in a row? They were definitely a better team then than they were now, and maybe with Ronaldo yeah. you can make an argument that they the were. Ch- but. The challenge, like, if Man City, if Liverpool play Real Madrid, they win. It's as simple as that, because they're a better side and they've been doing it all year. If they play Man City, there's a chance, there's a good chance they won't win because Man City are a slightly better side than Liverpool, and that's, yeah. that's how it is. Yeah, the other thing as well is is that 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 you know the Real Madrid side of how many years ago, you you never got the ball off them ever ever ever. Completely different now, and um, they were they were never brilliant defensively, but they had so many good players in midfield and, and going forward that they, they got away with it a little bit. They they can't get away with that anymore, and um, I think you know both both City and, and I think City will get through to be honest with you anyway. But you know, if and Liverpool, whoever whoever. If Liverpool were playing them in the final, I would think Liverpool would win, and and I would think they would win quite comfortably. Because the other thing about uh, Real Madrid is that is that you know they, they wouldn't be able to cope with the way that Liverpool play, um, because it's just the intensity intensity is is unbelievable, and um, the, the shape of of the team, the way that they play, the amount of chances they create, etc. I think they'd be far too strong for Madrid. Yeah, fair. I just, I just think that there's been a couple of moments throughout this year's Champions League where we could have made that argument about Real Madrid, and I think even in the context of last night, we could have made that argument about them that they should have been should have conceded well, six goals, and, and they didn't. They just didn't do it. They just have not folded at any point. And right. I, I would, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Madrid Liverpool basically. Right. Let me give you this then: Paris Saint Germain against Madrid. They honestly, they, they, they. They lost it in twenty minutes, didn't they? Over the, over the two games, and they lost it because it, I think they made a change which wasn't defensively when they were cruising in the in the uh, in the away leg, in, in Madrid. And you might say, yeah, but you know, Madrid came back and they did this, that, and the other. And but you know, the problem with Paris Saint Germain is they they should have they should have been in in the semi-finals. And the problem with them is they have a system where they play seven three. And the seven have to do all the work for the three, but, but in a time like that, where you're, you're you're completely in control of the game in Madrid, you know, and your Neymars and 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 Mbappes and stuff aren't aren't chasing back. It's they don't have to do it, you know. And it's like sort it out, boys. You know, you're the you're the hard workers in the team. I mean, that's a fundamental problem with Paris Saint Germain. But they they should have gone through. They really seriously should have gone through against uh, Madrid. It's it's not a vintage Real side. Like if Real were in the Premier League, like they'd be really struggling to finish third. You'd imagine. I, I but like just a, and this is a one-off yeah. game in a final. Like yeah. I think that plays into it. And but look, it's probably not going to happen. Manchester City are a better team, as you say. Liverpool are a better team than them as well. It probably won't happen. But I'm just I'm just I'm very interested in the existence of this current Real Madrid side. Ancelotti looks like he doesn't even care, and yet like I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're only a goal behind against a team who should have absolutely smashed them last night. It just not, nothing makes sense about this it, Real it, team. It, it, in Madrid, they should win, but you just ex- you just expect there's another narrative here that something's going to happen because yeah. I, well, I, I yeah I'm just not sure I'm not sure if Guardiola is perfect for Man City in the Champions League at the moment. In the sense that I'd say his anxiety is probably almost feeding into them. Well, his, his problem is is uh, well I'm saying problem it's 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 minute, but sometimes he tries to be too clever, and my only worry about about uh, City going to, to the Bernabeu would be he might do something which is a little bit different. He's, he's done it before, just change the system, change the team. I mean, Leon away two or three seasons away and they were cruising and he decided to play a completely different formation, which they haven't even played before as well. I, you know, um, 
But if but if he's got his proper head on and picks his best team, I, I don't I don't see it being a problem at all. Very quickly. And listen, listen, in, in, just going back a little bit with Madrid, is the days you used to go to the Bernabeu and you get you used to get a, like a corner and you'd, you'd you'd celebrate. But nowadays, you know, teams in La Liga go in and, and score and score on a regular basis against him generally, and ter- certainly teams in the Champions League. Um, um, you know, are, are able to open them up all the time. Well, look at last night. Look at look at City and how many chances they created. Yeah, very quickly, Mark. Liverpool to do the business tonight. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's one of those tricky ones, and I think you know if you watch the derby at the weekend, and, and I'm saying Arsenal were like obviously making the most of the fouls and the tackles and stuff, and Villarreal will be like that. They've got a, a big centre back, big bearded guy's name escapes me at the moment. He throws himself on the floor when, you know, be all. And it, like, the size of him. But yeah, Liverpool to win, yeah. Good stuff. Mark Lawrence, thanks a million. Thank you. We're, we're 70 minutes into the show and we've just talked about football and it just hasn't felt like 70 minutes at all. That's how good that game was last night. Yeah, Champions League semi-finals is always the, the best week of the year like from you, this show's perspective because it's the midweek sport that is better than anything else, I think. Your your main love in life, I presume, is curry football and like these are amateur players who are like, you know, and you can look at football last night and say, you know, they're millionaires, Ancelotti and, you know, Guardiola, they're like, whatever, they don't want for anything in life and whatever, it's a bit septic at the top but you watch a game like that last night and the quality, like, it's just... Um, you know it's insanely good to watch yeah. insanely good to watch the moment and whatever happens like it's nights like that you just forget about everything else and just enjoy how good watching Kevin De Bruyne is yeah it's grotesque you know? but it's beautiful it's, it's exactly uh, ODBAM and all that. brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day